0: You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to BridgesNashville.com. You know, in the movie, The Zookeeper's Wife, we are introduced to Antonina Zabinska and her husband, Dr. Jan. It is a true story based on the rescue of three Hundred, okay, perfect. There we go. It is, uh, it is, it is a, st- a true story based on the rescue of 300 Jewish people from the ghettos of Warsaw during World War II. We see in one particular scene as the uh, as the German army invades Poland that the Zabinski's Zoo is hit by bombs. Bombs are exploding and you see mangled cages and animals that are hurt and killed. After the invasion, the Zabinskas decided, determined to hide and rescue as many Jewish people as they possibly could. And they begin to escort them to the zoo and they hide them amongst the animals and in the cages During the time that they are in the zoo, the uh, Jewish people begin to celebrate and honor Passover. And there is something that is so supernatural and miraculous about hundreds of God's people gathered in a zoo amongst animals in a city occupied by an enemy and not being found. Come on, somebody. God is supernatural. Well, I am David. I am a staff pastor here at Bridges Nashville, and we're so glad that you have joined us this morning for First Sunday Gathering. You know, we are in the middle of a series called Jesus Is, and so far we have seen that Jesus is Savior. He's the one who took our place and saves us from our sins we see that Jesus is shepherd. He is our provider and our protector. Jesus is light. Jesus is the light of the world. And he lights up the dark places. And then last week, uh, Pastor Heather from NCC in Washington said, uh, told us that Jesus is Redeemer. There is nothing in our lives That God, that Jesus cannot take. in the broken things in our lives, he takes and he restores them and makes them whole. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus is supernatural. The term supernatural literally means above the natural. You see, Jesus is above the natural. There is nothing in your life on this earth that Jesus cannot intervene in. And so today, as we begin to look at Jesus as supernatural, I thought the best way for you and I to get to a supernatural Jesus is to look at the first miracle that he ever performed. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3 to start off. We're going to be going through more of John. We're going to be going back and forth to it. But let's uh, before we get into the Word, let's just take a moment and ask God's presence to fill this place and have and put his mark on the Word. Father, thank you for entering into this house today. And Lord, as I preach your Word, Lord, let my words be anointed from heaven. Lord, let there be a, a presence of, 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 of just uh, all as we get into your Word. Lord, fill our hearts. Move in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, turn your attention to Scripture. On the, day of, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Now, let's get this uh, straight. No detail in Scripture is there by chance. Everything that we see is there for a reason. So the fact that Jesus, in this circumstance, that we're at a wedding means something special. You see, for every wedding that I have been a part of or participated in or have gone to, weddings have huge expectations. Everyone comes expecting it to be great. They want good food. They want good cake. And then there are those in the wedding, a bride and a groom. They come with an expectation that everything is going to go off without a hitch. That there's going to be no issues. That there's going to be nothing that happens from a technical standpoint or even from a physical standpoint. That everything's going to go smoothly. They hope that a lot of people will show up. Nobody wants to throw a wedding and have no one show up. Come on, amen? You want everybody to show up. And not only do you want them to show up, you want them to bring great gifts when they come, right? Am I right? Yes. And then the mother of the bride is looking at the preacher like, don't you mess this up. They're looking at you, and they're like, whatever you do, don't say something wrong. There's a lot of pressure when you're doing a wedding to not say something wrong. And I have a little confession to make. There was a time when I was doing a wedding years ago, and I was at the point in the ceremony where I was talking about how a man would leave his mother and his father, and he would cling to his wife. Except I did not say those words. I said a man will leave his wife. Yes. They looked at me like, what did you just say? Now let me get the I got I corrected my statement and said, no, that's not what I meant. I actually meant that a man will leave His mother and father and not his wife. Now, uh, the good thing is, is that they are still happily married 20 years later. Can we give God some praise? Amen. And my computer decided to lock on me, so give me a second as I unlock it. Amen. Everybody give God praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. So, yes, they're together still 20 years later. Weddings are always a place for high expectations. And that is the place where Jesus' first miracle takes place. That's the setting that we're in. It's not a coincidence because often those of us who are in need of a miracle in our life, those of us that need a supernatural Jesus, are in a place of high expectations. And maybe you're saying, I didn't think this was going to end like this. Or maybe you said, I had different dreams for my children. Maybe you're looking at your marriage and you're like, I never realized that marriage would be so hard. Or why did they get so sick? You know, Many of us, we have expectations of our lives that are somewhere around here, but often we find ourselves in a place where we're down here. And so here we are at the wedding, and they find themselves out of wine, Now, in the Jewish culture, the emphasis wasn't on the ceremony. It was on the reception. It's way different than we do this right here in the Western world, the United States. And having no wine was like having the preacher not show up. You see, the Jewish people had this saying that was this, Where there is no wine, there is no joy. You see, when there was no wine, it wasn't just a matter of, oh, we're out of a beverage. You see, the, the the wine was a sign of joy. And so when you and I get to a place in our life where life catches up to us and expectations have not been met, sometimes we find ourselves in a place where the wine is gone. And so when the wine is gone, is gone. Let's look back on, on on in the book of John. When the wine is gone, number one, if you're writing things down, write this down. We focus on feelings instead of faith. We focus on feelings instead of faith. You see, everyone here at the wedding was upset about something that seems so superficial. And oftentimes, when you and I get into a situation or circumstance, we find ourselves focusing on the situation more of instead of the answer. You know what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7? He says that you and I, we live by faith and not by sight. You see, you and I, as believers, we live in a different realm. We are not bound by this world. We don't have to rely on the what you see is what you get mentality. And so oftentimes we focus on feelings instead of faith. The second thing that we do when the wine is gone, we take matters into our own hands. We take matters into into our own hands. You see, oftentimes when God doesn't act the way that we think that he should or when he should, we begin to take things into our own hands. Well, if God isn't capable or if God can't or won't, then I guess I will do this. And that's what we see with Jesus' mother in this situation. This wasn't her wedding. This wasn't her problem, but she stepped in. Look, it can't be our problem and God's problem at the same time. You got to let it go and give it to him. Look what Isaiah says in verses, uh, in chapter 30, verses 15 through 18. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses, therefore you will flee. You said, we will ride off on the swift horses, therefore your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one, at the threat of five. You will all flee till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. And so we need to give God our problem and let him take care of whatever it is we're going through. And the third thing that we do when the wine is gone, we exaggerate the negative we exaggerate the negative. We tell God how bad things are. we got to get into a woe is me mentality. Oh, if you only knew what I went through. No one has gone through what, what I have to go through. No one has had the issues that I have. You don't know. You don't understand. And look, there's nothing wrong with you and I telling God how we feel. God's a big God. He can take it. He's a big boy. You can tell him how you feel. But at some point, you and I have to stop telling God about a problem, and we have to start telling our problem about our God. Amen? Sometimes you need to look at whatever it is, a sickness, a situation, and you have to just speak it out. Problem? My God is bigger than you. My pro—my God is stronger than you. My God is is higher than you. Amen? Paul, once again, in 2 Corinthians 1.20, said this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. You see, God promises you to come through. Sometimes it looks like a no, but that is a lie. So how do we get the miracle? Well, you know what we do? We go to the one who is supernatural. We go to a supernatural Jesus. So back in the book of John, chapter 2, verse 5, it says this, His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. So the first thing you do when you come to a supernatural Jesus is you do what he says to do. You see, Mary was like, look, I know him. I raised this man called Jesus, and I know he can be a little different. I've watched him all along. He's going to tell you something, and you're probably not going to get it. It's probably not going to make sense, but trust me, just do it. And so when you and I need a supernatural Jesus, we need to come to the one who makes the miracle a reality. Jesus is above the natural. And you may not be able to figure out what he's telling you. I mean, come on. You just got to do it and and just do it. Just go with it and do it. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, he says, This plan of mine... Is not what you would work out. Come on, anybody been there? Neither are my thoughts the same as yours. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. You see, God is famous for doing things different than we would. Have you read the Bible? God he majors on the different. And Jesus was just really setting the stage for the different with this miracle. After this miracle, Jesus took some dirt, spit on it, made it mud, and put it on a guy's eyes. He asked his disciple to walk on water. He asked for a, a few fish and loaves to feed thousands upon thousands of of people. You see, God is about the different. Look, if I put on a pair of Air Jordans, I ain't playing like Michael Jordan. No matter how hard I try, I'm not playing like Michael Jordan. I put on a pair of Kobe Bryant's, I'm not shooting like Kobe Bryant. Why? It's not the shoes. And with God, there is no formula. You see, people have tried this for years. Well, this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus did. This is what Peter said. This is what Peter did. And you and I just can't copy what has happened in the past and expect it to work. You know what works for those, Jesus and Peter, and those who may be performing miracles today? It works because they heard from God and they obeyed. They heard from God, and they obeyed. They were willing to say and do something that no one else had done or seen. So anytime you need a miracle from God, then the second thing we do back in the book of John is focus on what God wants to do in you. Focus on what God wants to do in you. You see, sometimes the miracle is delayed, at least in our eyes so he can do something in us. See in John chapter 2 verse 6 it says this. Nearby stood six water jars the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Now here's what's interesting about these jars. They were the jars that were used by the Jews to wash themselves before going into worship. And they had become something that they just did. You see, the washing ceremony had become so strict that the priests watched as the people would wash them, ceremonially wash themselves before going in. And they wanted to make sure that it was done correctly. And so when people would wash, they would have to do it in a way that the water would run down their hands and it would drip off of their elbows. And so the priest would say, if you were washing yourselves and the water dripped off of your fingers instead of your elbow, they would make you do it all over again because you didn't do it the right way. You know, in other words, these were symbols of a dead religion. And so Jesus took something that needed fixing and he used it to perform a miracle. He put new wine, new joy into empty dead vessels. First Peter chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 says, "In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials." These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So you may be going through a time of delay while Jesus does something in you so the miracle can happen. And the third thing that we do what we do when we go to the supernatural one, is we believe the unbelievable. Trust God for big things. Back in the book of John, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it came from, though the servants who drew the water New, In other words, when they drew out that water, some of them got it, and some of them didn't. Believe for the unbelievable. Expect God to do a miracle. Mark chapter 10, verse 27, it said, Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And then the fourth thing that we do, is we expect the best. The worship team, you can go ahead and come this morning. In the book of John, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you saved the best till now. You see, a God who raises the dead can do anything. A supernatural Jesus who raised people from the dead, can do anything. And you come to God believing that he is more than able to do what is best for your life. You expect the best. Ephesians, Paul said in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. And so we come to Jesus expecting the best. You see, a supernatural Jesus wants to do the best in your life. So why am I talking about a supernatural Jesus this morning? You know why? Because as a pastor of a church, I watched as someone came into the church and wrote a $5,000 check for our food pantry ministry where we were feeding those that were struggling because we needed it. I remember one time being in the emergency room and the doctors thought our young baby at the time maybe had meningitis. I remember us laying hands on him and praying and Suddenly, everything shifted in the room. The fever went away. And when the doctor came back in, they're like, well, I don't know what just happened, but this ain't the same baby I saw five minutes ago. I've seen a God who called my wife and I from pastoring a church for 16 years to come to a city that we didn't know anybody, to help our son get through the ravages of war. And for three years, he provided miracle after miracle. we watched him be completely restored because he's a supernatural God. You see, I've seen a supernatural God do supernatural things, and that's what I want all of us to experience. You see, we want this place to be a place where the supernatural is released. We want this to be a church where a supernatural God does supernatural things. Salvations, check. Healings, check. Signs and miracles, check, check. You see, I believe God wants us to create an atmosphere where that is possible. Now, we wanted to have some bookmarks today, but the printer didn't cooperate with us. But up on the screen, you'll see a picture of a bookmark that we will be able to get. Well, it's not the bookmark itself, but it's the prayer points. We'll get the bookmark into your hands by the, the next time we meet here on the listening room. Well, these are some things that we are believing for as a church uh, for the 20, 2021, by the end of the year. And so we want you to partner with us, and let's believe God for the supernatural because salvations are supernatural multiplying is supernatural giving generous giving is supernatural helping reach the lost in other parts of the world is supernatural let's believe it do you need a miracle from God do you need an intervention of him into your situation Have you no more wine? I believe that he wants to fill your jar this morning. And if that's you this morning, as the worship team begins to play, Pastor Curtis and I will be over here on the side. We want to pray with you to believe God for the supernatural. Amen. Hallelujah, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. That you are a God that is above the natural. That you are a God that intervenes in our circumstances, in our situations. Lord, when life gets us down, when things hit us, Lord, you are the one that we can come to. Because you have the power to change it. And so, Father, today... As we seek your face in this place, Lord, we believe for an avalanche of the miraculous. We believe for the supernatural to happen. And so, Father, let it happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash bridgesnashville or at bridgesnashville on Instagram.